and scene. Quiet, quieten down, everyone. Quieten down. I'm sorry. I know everyone's having fun. Everyone's having, you know, nibbles and wine because it's a very special occasion today. We're going to be saying goodbye. I can't believe I'm saying this to our dear friend, Jeff. Jeff, been with the company 35 years, pretty much from when it started up. And uh, we're going to have some of his co-workers come up here now. And I'm sorry, Jeff, but they've got some quite interesting stories to tell about you. Can you imagine in 35 years? And uh, first guy is going to come up. I'm going to ask P- little Peter from Accounts. Peter from Accounts worked with Jeff for two years. Everyone give Peter a little bit of a hand. Oh, hi, everyone. Uh, it's uh, Peter from Accounts. For those that don't know me, and, and as Mr. Wallace just said, uh, only been here for two years two years working with Jeff but loved every minute of it he's a really nice guy uh one thing I will say about Jeff at the couple of Christmas parties I've been here with him he does like a drink he's always at the bar bit of a bit of a party animal (laughs) you know what I'm talking about Jeff don't you uh always really good fun (laughs) he'll remember this story I remember one year uh the party was winding down and we all wanted to carry on have a bit of fun so Jeff said why don't we go to what he rather affectionately referred to as his favorite titty bar (laughs) in inverted commas the old uh, peppermint elephant in town I think some of the faces I think that shows that you know what I'm talking about anyway so we we got in there having a great time I think Jeff had one snowball too many because he ended up getting a bit handsy with some of the lovely young ladies that worked in there he was saying something about not getting many of these to the pound and he, he was groping their chests and out of nowhere security piled in roughed him up a bit threw us all out the fire door at the back it was it was great fun jeff ended up going home to the lovely vicky that night i think a bit bruised and sort of making excuses for the black eye but it, it really was great fun so have a great retirement jeff you're a top bloke i'll remember the good times everybody to jeff to Jeff. Jeff. And scene. Hello and welcome to Hastings Vice and Community Outreach Summertime Special. With Dave Rapist awaiting his trial for stalking his ex Tracy and Jack Wanker on an enforced sabbatical following his total meltdown when called to an argument at Greg's about a lukewarm sausage roll, we hit the mean but sunny streets of Hastings with Sergeant Mickey Wifebeater recently reinstated following the baseless accusation that he called popular Hastings dogging sites scantily clad in just a g-string and of course Taff Bedshitter Jenkins who is undercover at the newly opened nudist beach and food bank honestly you shut the bed once I tell you it's just not right right so here I'm at the nudist beach where obviously it's okay for men to walk around with their dicks out but I will not accept a penis erect at more than 90 degrees okay it cannot be full mast it's just not right I don't mind a cute penis, but obtuse really sticks in my throat. Taff traipses towel to towel, tentatively tracking todgers for proud poles prominently protruding above acceptable angles. So basically I'm going around with my protractor and just making sure that everything's above board. Oi, oi you, come here, let me check that angle. 
Oh no, that's an acute penis. You're all right. Oh, thanks very much. Uh, meet and two veg at the food bank, love. Just a bit further along on your left. What's that? Oh, that's an obtuse cock if ever I saw one. Come over here. As Taft pulls off the suspect on the promenade, Mickey Wifebeater arrives with alarming news. Taff, for God's sake, why have you not been answering your radio? Mick, I'm here undercover. I've got nothing but my protractor with me. Well, you're going to need to get your uniform on. There's a crisis down at the Yates Wine Lodge. All right, but it's back at home. I walked here 45 minutes in the nude. Well, we haven't got time to go back to the station. You're just going to have to wear... I've got a posing pouch in the glove box. Mick, what on earth have you got a posing pouch in your glove box? Doesn't matter. You can you can wear that, my spare cap, my mirror shades, and there's a yellow bib in the... Come on, we've got to go. All right, Mick, all right. With the cautious constable camouflaged as a queer construction worker, Taff and Mickey walk into the troubled tavern. Sergeant Wifebeater explains what has transpired. It's uh, Sergeant Wiffy Beater, actually. Um, this elderly lady has perhaps had one port and lemon too many. Mum, you know you have. And it's got a bit handsy with the local peanut vendor. Hot nuts! Uh, it's not the first time, and it's probably not going to be the last. I'll be honest, since Dad's gone into the hospice, her libido has skyrocketed, and uh, it's becoming a bit of a recurring problem. Taff Jenkins, feeling somewhat exposed, but curiously liberated, is hiding behind the fruit machine. Honestly, ever since Mr. Wifebeater went into the hospice, it's pretty much a daily basis we're dealing with the party hands of Mick's mother. I mean, last week she goes to the vicar, and trust me, she's barking up the wrong tree there. All right, Taff, see you in the same outfit you had on a backdoor Barry's. How dare you, Stanley? This isn't my jockstrap. This is Mick's posing pouch. I wouldn't wear the same thing twice. But, Stanley, we're still on for sushi on Wednesday, right? I suppose so, as long as you tie yourself up a bit. I see you down by there, love. With Taff's randy rendezvous reconfirmed and wife Beater's mother safely ensconced on a number 19 bus, it's time for our tenacious Tucson to call it a night after a full two-hour 45 shift at Hastings Vice in a community outreach. And scene. Oh, thank, thank you, Peter. Uh, I remember Peter when he was in short pants. <laughs> it was last Thursday. <laughs> Shouldn't wear them in the office, Peter. Um, anyway, moving along now, taking it up a notch, we've got James, who's from Operations, as you all know. The uh, Jimmy, as his friends call him. I call him James. Um, he's been with us 15 years, and he's known Jeff for that time. And... Um, 15 years you don't get that for murder do you <laughs> well i mean you, you well some murderers they get less than that don't they they're back out on the streets you know they're garroting children and stuff but anyway uh sorry i digress and you know that i always wander off you give me a microphone and i just won't stop honestly i just won't stop i'll just keep going i'll just keep saying things when i should have stopped i should have stopped and here he is now we're going to hear from James. Come on, James. A little bit of a hand for James. All right, everyone. Can't believe I'm here today saying goodbye to my old mucker, Jeff. Me and Jeff, well, you know, I mean, he's been here 35 years, so he'd, he'd learned a lot of things before I turned up. But, uh, you know, I like to think me and Jeff were cut from the same cloth. You know, we've got similar 
similar views on things, similar politics. We used to talk a lot, but I'll tell you one thing we could never agree on, which is, excuse my French, but is is frigging sandwiches. Ah, oh, everyone knows the Jeff special that his, his lovely wife makes for him, Vicky. Oh, and who can, who can forget that aroma of tuna, uh, the pickled onions, the banana, and uh, well, the old Jeff special. The thing is with Jeff, though, if he, if he drinks too much at lunchtime, he don't want his sandwich, he'll leave it in the drawer. And, oh, one of those sandwiches after a day in the drawer. Oh, I, I tell you, it's like paint stripper. You can feel the skin coming off your eyeballs. It really is, really is disgusting. And you never want, never, as we all know, never follow Jeff into a cubicle because because that way danger lies, doesn't it? There, there be dragons, I think we say. Oh, it's bloody disgusting, actually. I don't know. I, I thought he had a medical problem for a long time, but apparently not. I imagine it's those sandwiches. Anyway, uh, stories about Jeff. Oh, what can I think about? I remember one thing. I remember a trade fair. Uh, we're going back five years now. Now, Jeff, the elder man, going to be taking the lead on a pitch. We'd, we'd actually managed to talk to a couple of clients. We're going to get them to come back the next day. I'd managed to get one of those rooms at the Abyss that you could rent out for the hour. We were looking very professional. I'd set up all the, you know, the posters and stuff like that. Jeff had been out the night before without me. And uh, he, I don't know where he'd been. Jeff, you could probably tell this story better than I can. But he turned up and he had vomit all down his front. And <laughs> to be honest, Jeff, you'd wet yourself, hadn't you? Wherever you'd ended up, you'd wet yourself. And it all dried on your, um, your beige suit. And uh, you just... Fair play to you, Jeff. You stood up there and you pitched like there was no tomorrow. But to be honest it was lost it was such a small room and the stench was just too much and um we didn't get that pitch but just so many memories like that with jeff and i just want to say now um everyone it's, it's a case of saying to jeff really i'm gonna miss you mucker jeff 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 and scene katie berry there talking about the merits of drinking either your own or someone very close to you's urine. Coming up on the hour on the Today programme this morning, and we are joined by the Right Honourable Sebastian Farquhar Jeffries, who is the uh, Minister for Just Getting By, a position invented uh, in Theresa May's uh, government, but has persisted. Somehow you've survived, haven't you, despite your record? And uh, you're here this morning to talk to us about uh, Rishi Sunak's advice about just holding your nerve. What does that mean exactly, Minister? Well, well, good morning, John. Pleasure to be here as always. Um, and I, th I think the Prime Minister was quite right to say to people that in these uncertain economic times with inflation higher than we'd like it to be, as it is in many countries, it's not a uniquely uh, UK problem, that it is right that people just need to steal themselves and just, just hold their nerve. Yes, but what does that mean exactly? To give me, give me some practical examples. How do you hold your nerve when you're struggling to feed a family of four or a family, you know, single parent families? How do you hold your nerve? Well, I mean, I, I'm very, very sympathetic, and indeed can empathise with with these families. Empathise? Um, yeah, absolutely. We've all we've all been there, John. <laughs> and I so so an example of holding a nerve might be, and this is just off the top of my head. I haven't haven't prepared uh, anything here but for example if 
if you're behind on some debt repayments, as as I know many people um, yes. have have debts. Um, yes. Some of my closest friends have debts, um, and the bailiffs are coming round. Yes, and they're knocking on your door. Okay, what would you do? And doing they're that? yelling through the letterbox. Yes, and they're threatening to kick the door down and take your your fridge yes. and all its contents. Instead of answering the door, just hide behind the sofa, pretend you're not in, and just hold your nerve. Just hide from the bailiffs behind the sofa. Whilst holding your nerve, John. Yes, indeed. Uh, and that's government policy, is it? Well, I, I think in principle, I mean, it's not written down, but I'm here to, to represent the government's position, and I okay. think holding your nerve, just as we did against the Nazis in World War Two, John, we, we held our nerve and we, we kept buggering on, as Mr Churchill said, and, and we got through it then, and we'll get through it now. So the, the old Churchill spirit of hiding behind the sofa and not paying the debtors. Well, holding your nerve... I think is important. Not of, not not falling it not crum, crumbling, not folding like a cheap suit in the face of adversity. Okay. And that's the best advice the government's got. Have you got any other examples because I think I think everyone would have found that very enlightening. Uh, well, uh, another example could be if you're doing the food shop yes. and you maybe can't afford all the items that you would like, um you know, some some more extravagant purchases maybe. I know lots of people still maybe spend money on on sky television and cigarettes and things so then when they're out buying their food stuffs right. um if there's something so people, they, they don't... people have a life and they need to feed themselves or what yes you're i think i think that's what i just said and and then if you you know you want to surreptitiously maybe add something to the basket without necessarily declaring it at the till and you see the the security guard in Tesco's or Sainsbury's or Waitrose or Harrods or whatever it may be that you're shopping yes. and you think they're looking at you, yes. don't get paranoid, hold your nerve and just slip it under your coat. Slip it in the bottom of the pram. Very much hold the, your nerve, John. That's the message. Very much the Anthony Worrell Thompson approach to shopping, then you're saying. Yes, although the Gabor approach. Just, just hold your nerve. It, it's fascinating. So, so far we've had hide from the bailiffs yes steal from the supermarket and I don't think I used the word steal John I think you're reading something that I didn't quite say so if you go to a supermarket and you take an item and you deliberately don't pay for it what do you call that I call that holding your nerve John holding your nerve another example might be we, we all know again not a, not a, a, a British problem uniquely um, with the higher energy prices and it might be difficult to to turn on the heating to the extent you'd like to so we recommend putting on some extra layers maybe invest in some sort of thermal underclothing and instead of embracing the cold and and whining about it and chattering your teeth and all of those overly dramatic expressions people might do is just sit there quietly ignore the cold and just just bloody well hold your nerve just ignore the physical cold that's it, holding your nerve john yes hold your nerve against the cold and, and together know. together we're all in this together john together we will get through are you having any trouble heating any of your houses um well i'm not in all of them all the time um but my primary residence um i have no problem heating um, That's the one the government pays for, is it? it, it in that example, it is, yes. But, yes. but the most important thing is I'm holding my nerve in that home, John, warm or otherwise. Thank you, Sebastian. I think this has been most enlightening. I've, I've enjoyed it very much, John. Thank you so much. I can't say I have. Now we ask that question about the allegedly magnificent David Tennant. We say Scottish streak of 
piss or national treasure? I go over now to Eamon Holmes, who's going to give us his opinion. Remember, Eamon, nothing about Philip Schofield in this interview, please. Eamon! And scene. Crikey, James! I was expecting, I was expecting nothing less from you, but you really did surpass yourself there. Those those stories were quite, um, quite illuminating. I must admit, and you're you're right about the cubicle. I, I swear to God, I thought something had died. Um, anyway, moving along because we don't want to focus on uh, cubicle spells too much longer. Um, I'm going to introduce you now to, and I think we all know it's going to be it's Mike. Now, Jeff and Mike are synonymous as the sales team. They are the co-heads of sales. And Mike, uh, I, I believe, uh, has been with us, well, he has been with us 35 years. I don't believe it. I know it. I know it. I know you've been with us 35 years, Mike. And uh, I know you took quite some coercing to come up here and say some words, but I, I'm very happy that you agreed finally, once we'd spoken with personnel, to do this. Um, so up you come. Let's hear it for Mike. Hi everyone, uh, yeah, as Mr Wallace said, I've also been here 35 years. In fact, I had the mispleasure of starting on the same day as Jeff, so we worked hand in hand, side by side, for far too many years. And it's no secret, we're not the best of friends, and I'm pretty sure the feeling's mutual, in it, Jeff, eh? But uh, we started at the same time, both newlyweds, but we've always had a very different moral compass, haven't we? I remember we hadn't been here long. It was our first trip abroad. We were trying to woo some clients in India at the time. Mr. Wallace will remember it was part of our international expansion plans. So anyway, there we were, me and Jeff, newlywed men, the long-suffering Vicky at home, long-suffering even when newlywed, and my lovely happy wife Jessica. We left them behind, and we got to Mumbai, and these potential clients very keen on working with us. They took us out, they wined us, they dined us, and took us to this one bar where there are many girls, or shall we say, not really women, girls of little virtue. And you know, you know what I'm gonna say, Jeff. Don't, don't pull that face. And one thing led to another. Jeff got a bit rough with one of them and he thought he paid off the house, madam, and all his problems would go away. That little girl, Jeff, she still can't walk. All right, you came back here to your middle-class life Looking forward to your comfortable middle-class retirement. Do you have any idea what it's like for a 15-year-old Indian prostitute who can't use her legs? Do you remember her little brother Sanjay? He stood out there begging, trying to support the whole family. You disgust me, Jeff. You're a worm. You know what you've done. You make me sick. Anyway, here's to Jeff, everyone. J Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. And scene. 